Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Dayton Tolbert Show. I am your host, Dayton Tolbert, and this is the return of Saturday Night Live. As I tell you guys every time that we do Saturday Night Lives, this is, you know, I want to say at least maybe only the fifth or sixth Saturday Night Live in our 10-year history, you know, and so every time that we've done it live on a Saturday night, it's been a classic, it's been informative, it's been, you know, super real, you know, something about Friday nights, something about Saturday nights that we just tend to kick back, relax a little bit, and just let loose, so that's definitely what we plan on uh, doing tonight, and, you know, there's a lot to talk about, a lot of stuff going on in the world, a lot of stuff uh, as far as ask data on advice questions. We're going to do a lot of that. One of the things, though, that I wanted to focus on tonight was, um, you know, uh, a, a discussion that was had over in the Friends of the Data on Tolbert Show group uh, regarding um, black women, specifically successful African-American women, single African-American women, and whether or not their standards uh, in dating and relationships are too high. You know, we often hear the term uh, evenly yoked, you know, being misused in most cases, you know, um, and we'll talk about that. But we hear things thrown around like, you know, he's not on my level. I want someone who's achieved X, Y, and Z financially, educationally, and, you know, and those types of things. And so as this, you know, debate, this discussion continues, uh, you know, it's, I, I like to, and we talk about it, I like to talk about it from a real perspective. Um, you know, you often hear the magazines, the talk show hosts, the authors, the relationship experts, all that stuff. They're usually talking about it from the perspective of, you know, the women's side. What do women want? What are they thinking? But we want to switch it around and talk a little bit about just what are men saying? You know, what? how do we as men, successful men, um, God-fearing men who are looking for wives, how do we feel about these standards being what they are? How do we feel when we hear certain women say, he's not on my level? What does that make us uh, want to do or not do uh, in regards to dating and relationships? So that's what we're going to talk a lot about uh, tonight. And so um, I'm excited, man. It was Like I said, it was a pretty good discussion online about it, and we just look forward to continuing that discussion tonight. In fact, um, over in the group, I posted a uh, the uh, link from our all-time classic Barbershop Talk episode where we discussed uh, the importance of recognizing a man's potential, where we had, you know, single men from all over the country just discussing, um, you know, just what that really this topic, just from a little bit of a different perspective. So I'm excited tonight. I know Courtney, uh, Courtney is always excited about everything that goes on, no matter what it is. So Courtney, what's going on with you tonight? <laughs> Got jokes tonight, <laughs> really. <laughs> I, but I am excited. You, you are, you are actually correct this time. It's gonna be a good show. <laughs> yeah, I'm ex- yeah, I'm excited. I mean, you know, and there, like I said, there's a lot going on um, around the world. Lots going, a lot of go- stuff going on in entertainment, um, in the news, and politics, and in sports. So we're gonna get into it uh, uh, tonight, guys. So you guys are always welcome. Anytime we're live, six four six two zero 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 three six six. With any questions, comments, feedback, anything um, like that. So um, let's jump into it now. I've been. It's. I'll put it. I'll start off like this. Uh, as far as what's going on in the world, I don't know if you've been living under a rock, but there has been a new movie out called Batman vs Superman, and you know I want to talk a little bit about that. I want to talk a little bit about the film. I think everybody and their mom has seen it. It went on, you know, opening weekend, 
it made $170 million uh, just here in the United States. And I think something like, I think, I don't know, something close to $300 million worldwide opening weekend. And so um, a lot of people are seeing this movie. It's, it was, for me, just being a comic book fan and, you know, superhero stuff, um, I was really looking forward to seeing the movie. And I just, you know, so just from that standpoint, I want to discuss it. But then also when I actually saw it, um, I saw a lot of things in there that fall in line with um, stuff that we talk about here on the show from a, you know, from a, on a nightly perspective, you know, a nightly basis. And so I want to talk about that, just the whole, there's a lot of demonic imagery, a lot of satanic imagery, a lot of New World Order imagery uh, that was seen all throughout the film, in fact. So I just want to talk about that a little bit. In fact, if I remember correctly, you said you, you saw that today. Am I uh, not mistaken, Courtney? No, you're not mistaken. I did see the movie today. Yeah, so we'll talk about it. I definitely want to get your feedback. So we'll, we'll start off our What's Going On in the World uh, segment with that. But first I got to say, man, just being from Philadelphia, got to give a, a, a shout-out, you know, props to Villanova's basketball team who won the national championship on a what, what, what is being called maybe one of the greatest finishes in sports history, not just be- college basketball, not just basketball, but just, you know, down to the wire, two back-to-back ridiculous three-pointers. And so, I mean, did you? I know you're not a big sports person, but, I mean, I know – come on, Courtney, don't disappoint her. I know you saw the Villanova game. I didn't see the game, but I saw the winning shot. And I do like basketball. That's part. Well, hold on, relax. I do, I do like um, basketball. So I did see that, the winning shot. And I will say it is always good to see that. Because I think it was like three or four seconds left in the game. And it was just, it was it was good. Hey, you guys out there, have you guys ever seen the meme that's floating around the Internet from uh, with uh, Robert Downey Jr., you know, as Tony Stark in Iron Man? He's just, like, rolling his eyes, like, back in his head like that. Every, people use that in different – like, that's just my face throughout the – every time we do this show, guys. Like, every time I ask Courtney a question like that, my eyes just roll back in my head. It's just like, you know what I mean? It's just crazy. But, no, nah, man, I'm excited tonight. I want to – I mean, definitely shout out to Villanova, my wife – Got a chance to go down to the parade down uh, downtown, so good uh, good time, man. Good uh, something really good for the the city of Philadelphia as far as uh, sports go. Uh, so there's that. Speaking of sports, man, again, just shout out to my man AI Allen Iverson, one of my not just one of my favorites, but I, now that I think about it, probably I mean be, between him and Kobe, probably my tied for my two favorite basketball players of all time. AI was. Uh, uh, recently, uh, it was revealed that he's going to be not, uh, inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. And, you know, it's interesting. I think back, you know, and it's uh, the irony with all of this. I mean, here we have one of the greatest basketball players of all time, you know, and just, I mean, anyone anyone who's who watched him play or, you know, it was even alive during that time knows A.I. Iverson and just what he contributed to the game. And, you know, it's the irony with all of it is that when you think of him, you know, you think of that whole practice thing, that whole rant that he went on. And, you know, it's that to me was just something that was one of the most ridiculous things that I think uh, I've ever seen. And what I mean by ridiculous is not the fact that he said it, but the way it was just taken out of context, blown out of proportion, used to identify, you know, with him and just 
kind of define him and his legacy, this whole practice thing. You know, the media, and we talk a lot about media propaganda. We've been, you know, we talk about it with politics and entertainment and just this overall agenda. And this is just another good example example of what the media has the power to do. I mean, here you have someone who, you know, was one of the, the, the best, you know, small players in the history of the game, averaged you know, 26 points per game, which is throughout his for his career, which is ridiculous, which is, you know, top five all time, top, you know what I mean? And, I mean, truly a great player, but the media took that, they took his, took his cornrows, they took his baggy pants and his whole, his whole style and just his attitude, that whole swagger, and they made it negative. They villainized him, they demonized him, and then after it was all said and done, you know, they identify him with this whole, you know, I don't practice thing. I don't want to practice. I don't want to come to practice, which was ridiculous because I watched him. I followed the Sixers, and anyone who knows Philly, who knows the Sixers, knows this guy busted his butt every single night. You know what I'm saying? I mean, came to practice. You know, I don't know. That's, and that's just the power of the media. Let them tell it. This guy never came to practice. He never missed practice. You know, I mean, and if he did, it would have been all over the news throughout his whole career. I watched the news every night. I saw the, these games. I mean, this guy was coming out, dropping 30 points, 10 assists, like, every night, and it was never an issue. Playing hurt, played with, you know, broken, sprained stuff, you know, all types of ligaments and things like that. And and the media wants to make it about this whole practice thing. And not to, you know what I'm saying, not to go on, because it's not even about him, but I just want people to be aware just the power that the media has and the influence that they have if we allow it to be our sole source of of knowledge, our sole source of entertainment, our sole source our sole resource. You know, this and you know, Iverson, so again, man, you know, congratulations. I mean, I know him, you know, I grew up in Philly. It's you know, it's funny, um, you know, me and my the homies got a lot of stories about AI. I mean it's just you know, at that like he was when he was in Philly was like these stories that you guys hear of me tell, you know, of my, you know, player days and going out to the clubs. Like every club I went to, every event I went to, like that was the the period of time when he was, you know, uh, in going out to these clubs, you know, living up in Philly, doing all this stuff. So, I mean, literally we got pictures and, you know, all types of events. And so he's a cool dude, you know what I mean? So I just don't don't let the media, if you're from a different part of the, the city or, or, excuse me, the the state or the country, don't let the media, you know, influence your image of him or anything like that because he's not at all what, you know, the media makes him out to be. Any quick thoughts on that? I, mean, I know you're you're from Philly. I mean, not from Philly, so you may be a little biased, especially being from the Chicago area. But just as far as the media goes, I mean, do you do you? I mean, you see what they do? Yeah, I do. And I remember when he was, you know, first playing like like late '90s, early 2000s, I think. Um, but what I do remember about him is exactly what you said. Um, just how. He was painted out to be a bad guy. Like, he was such a hothead. Like, that's all I knew. So I didn't know. Like, everything that you just explained, I didn't know about him. And I, I was one of those people that fell for the media hype. So, Let me tell you I, one I, other I thing. I'm going to tell you one other thing about him real quick, too, because it's, it's another interesting thing. A lot of the, the media, towards the end of his career, I'm just going to give you all some, some information. Cause a lot of people don't. The, the media doesn't show this. The media won't tell you this. 
In fact, I've never even seen or heard a story in the media tell what I'm about to tell, but it's absolutely the truth. And but but for people who watch the local news, for people who know him and his situation, know this is what went down. Towards the end of his career, you know, he bounced around. You know, the Sixers traded him, I think, to Denver. Then he ended up in uh, he playing, you know, playing with Carmelo Anthony. Then he ended up in Detroit. Then he ended up in Memphis. And there were some other things. You know, he he didn't really fit in the in those systems. Um, and so, because I watched it, I followed him just to kind of see, like, all right, what's he doing over there in Denver? What's he doing in these other places? And, you know, he was doing his thing. He wasn't really a disruption. It just the teams weren't, it just, he didn't seem to fit or whatever. And so, um, in fact, he did pretty well over in Denver, now that I think about it. But um, it just didn't work out. And so he came back to Philly, right? So Philly signed him on, for like a one-year contract. That, and, and, you know, he got so much love. He got so much love. In fact, I remember one game he was playing with with Kobe Bryant or against Kobe Bryant, and it was just like vintage Kobe, vintage vintage AI, just going back and forth. Like it was like it came down to the buzzer. I think they beat us by a couple points, but it was just like all time, you know, just a classic. And uh, long story short, when after that season, I think he averaged like seventeen points, sixteen points, which is still very good. Just follow me here. Just watch this. He's averaging like sixteen, seventeen points, right? So, but, and he was doing well. No issues, no practice issues. All that stuff had died down. He's doing great. But then his daughter gets sick. And so, and if you guys follow Philly, you you remember this. His daughter got sick. It was like a very serious illness. So he took off. He was like, yo, I got to be with my daughter. I got to help my daughter. You know what I'm saying? And so he, it was towards the end of the season. And so he ended up missing a couple of weeks and several practices and different games and things like that. And then so after that, he wanted to come, but so they, they didn't sign him again. But it was like, it wasn't because his skills had diminished, because again, he was averaging 16, 17 points. And there were plenty of guards, you figure, you know, plenty of guards who aren't, you know, who are in the league playing, not as good as AI, not averaging 17 points, that were getting picked up. But the way the media did it was they made it seem like the reason he didn't get signed, not just by the Sixers, but not signed by anybody, was because of this whole practice thing and his quote-unquote attitude. But the reality is he didn't miss any practice. He didn't miss any games. He missed them because of his daughter being sick. He did what any loving father would do. For his daughter, I would do that. I'd miss work. I'd miss anything if my daughter was. So you guys understand that? And so that, and so this guy had to. He was, you know, bouncing around trying to get picked up, trying to get signed. He was working. Out. He ended up going over to Turkey. You know what I mean to play basketball because no one in the league would sign him after he just averaged 17 points the previous uh, season. And so, I mean, Courtney, I know you're not like I said, you're not a huge basketball person, but does that make any sense to you? No, but I did know he went overseas, and I always wondered why. <laughs> I right. wondered what happened think here. Right, think about that. You have a now again. He's inducted into the Hall of Fame. You have a Hall of Fame player averaging seventeen points a game the previous season, but no one in the league wants to pick you up. Yeah. Crazy. So just one again. Shout out to AI. You know, congratulations. That's just you know classic. But you know, again, the media is just a trip. So there's that, man. What else is going on? Congratulations to uh, Ice Cube and NWA, who have uh, recently been inducted into the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which I wanted to uh, just, just discuss briefly. I don't care about that, you know, to be quite honest with you. I could care less about, uh, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, what I will say about it is direct everyone to our special 
that we did right around the time, our in-depth analyzation of the movie Straight Outta Compton, which everyone is calling one of their favorite movies, one of the best movies of the year, um, nominated for an Academy Award for, I believe, Best Screenplay. And, um, you know, just we did a whole show on it, and we spent a lot of time, not really, I mean, we talked about the movie, but we spent more time talking about just the effect that um, the movie had by the black on the black community, how it was received by the black community, how it celebrated by how they were celebrated by the black community then as as well as now the fact that um, you know Straight Outta Compton made more money uh, domestically and internationally than Malcolm X, than Selma, than you know just about any other biopic, you know Dorothy Dandridge, I mean any other biopic that you can think of, Straight Outta Compton about niggas with attitudes made more money than some of the greatest movies about some of the greatest people of all time, which I find to be ridiculous. You know, it's an abomination. It's crazy. It doesn't make sense that we, you know, the, the our community glorifies violence. We glorify negative individuals. The movie, again, media influence will tell you that that movie is about something, uh, you know, about police brutality, about taking a stand against the authority. It's all ridiculous. They, I mean, you know, again, I grew up during the time when they came out. I listened to that music. I was, that was my era. Like, I, under, I you know, I know what it really was. And there was nothing even remotely positive about uh, niggas with attitudes. In fact, you know, they were on the list of, in, at the top of the list of, you know, uh, entertainers that we as children weren't allowed to even listen to growing up. You know, I remember at the time it was Two Live Crew, you know, Little Kim, um, you know, Niggas with Attitudes, like all that stuff, you know, we were just not allowed to listen to specifically because of the negative images that they put forth. Now you have, you know, fast forward 20 years, you know, now you have everyone idolizing them. You know, I mean, just look at the, look how things have changed. Look how things have changed. You had my parents banning them from our house, how you know my house, and now you have everyone freaking that those same parents, many of those same parents, you know, and and ironically, the children that weren't allowed to listen to it then, fast forward, are now the main ones taking their kids to go see this movie and talking about how great these people were, you know, and it, it's just, and again, it's not a coincidence. That this is the year, this is the time when they're being inducted into this prestigious, you know, quote unquote, prestigious organization, this Hall of Fame. It's not a coincidence that there's so much time. You know, it's not. You know, it's not a coincidence that people like um, Taraji P. Henson are winning these awards. It's not a coincidence that people like Nicki Minaj and Beyonce are at the, are, you know, the most successful in their respective fields. These are not coincidences because the media, the authority. The, the powers that be are putting these people in positions of power and influence specifically to take away um, the, the positive values that once existed within the black community. They want us to be separated and divided and to be oppressed. They want all of that. They want us idolizing, you know, whores and pimps and putting them at the, you know, Lucius Lyon, that whole imp, this push that empire is getting, which we'll talk about a little later, is nothing but influence. The show is 100% pure garbage. It's a gar. It's like the worst show I've ever seen in my life. You know, seriously, 
you know, and it, but yet they are talking about it, they're hyping it up like it's the best show. It's not the best show. It's only the best for them because of what it represents or that message it allows them to push forth, not just in our community, but you know, uh, spiritually, you know what I mean? The spiritual messages, the agenda, the gay agenda, the lesbian agenda, these are all things that are um, very, you know, very heavily being pushed by the media, and they're going to use anybody and everybody to, you know, to push that, that message through. So just want you guys to see all this stuff and see it, you know, for what it is. You know, don't be blinded. All right, guys? Speaking of shows, though, before I forget, I got a lot to talk about tonight. But uh, before I forget, you know, you know, we talk about shows like Empire and Scandal, and I mean, you know, just the, you know, the love and hip hops, and it's just, you know, if you watch it, you watch it. Like I'm not, I don't, I don't judge people if you watch it, but I really feel sorry for people who look at these shows and not just look at them, but anxiously await those shows and shows like them as their main source. Of entertainment, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't wait until Scandal comes back. I can't wait till Wednesday, till Empire comes on. And I'm just like, yo, like, do you realize that there are shows that are not just a little bit, but literally ten times better than these shows? You know, case in point, I just, uh, I, I'm amazed that I just, just, I'm just getting into this. But you guys have heard me talk about certain shows. I, I think a show that has just catapulted itself into my top five shows of all time which is which is an fx show and it's called the americans and i'm just looking in fact many of you who listen on a regular basis you may remember we uh i told you guys a few months ago about a show on nbc called allegiance and we talked about that show about the you know a russian spy and i'm like wow this show is pretty cool i mean, you know it didn't last lasted a season it had a certain message which we we talked about in great detail which we won't go into now, but I was like, wow, I wonder where this show came from. And it's like, oh, wow, ding, 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 ding. They took the Americans, and, and NBC tried to straight copy and make a cheaper version of of the Americans with Allegiance. And I'm just like, wow, this show is great, okay? I mean, if you like like real dramas, like entertaining dramas, like suspenseful dramas, you know, and anyone who knows about the Americans, like, I'm just, I, I feel stupid almost. That I'm just it's in the fourth season. I'm just now watching this, and it's like better than any show that's definitely any show that's on now, you know, or anywhere on television. But it's again, in my opinion, top five all time. So do with that information what you will. You may want to watch it if you like quality drama, not this ridiculous stuff out there. I mean, now we know Courtney will not be watching it because again, it's you know we you guys know. That's so, not but, true. That's not true. But for, but for you guys out there, feel free to, you know, and I, I will tell you all this. Part of the reason is I think I tried to watch it one time and on demand, you know, do like a binge watch type of thing. But they don't, they they like, nah, nah, you got to pay for this. You got, I should have known. I'm like, yo, they, I mean, they make you pay. So I just bought the whole season on demand. It was like 21 bucks for like the whole first season. I'm like, yo, I, I'll go ahead and pay. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Um, but trust me, it's well worth it. All right, just trust. Like if y'all don't listen to anything else I say, watch that show. You you will be hooked. It like you've never been hooked before. All right, so there's that. What else is going on? Let's let's talk a little bit about um. You know, let's let's come back. To, I was gonna talk a little. Bit, I want to talk about Batman versus Superman, 
but there's a couple other things that's going on in the world, uh, a, couple, a couple other minor things, like uh, my man Bill Clinton. Now, this is interesting. Now, I don't want to go, I don't really want to talk politics too much tonight. We've been spending a lot of time talking about Donald Trump, spending a lot of time talking about the political race as a whole. You guys know by now how I feel about it. You know what to look for. At least you should. If not, definitely check out our last several live show uh, rebroadcasts, uh, or archives, I should say. And, uh, you know, you'll hear a lot of stuff about what's been transpiring with these protests and these the rallies and all that stuff. But one of the things I found interesting is that, you know, you, again, we talk a lot about media influence, media propaganda, and let the media tell it Hillary Clinton is, you know, this, you know, this, this savior of, of the black people, you know, uh, of the black community. She's like supposed to be our candidate, like all the people who supported Barack Obama, most of them are jumping on this Hillary uh, bandwagon, especially down south, which I find to be ridiculous because, you know, anyone who knows her, you know, what she stands for, she supports, you know, racist, she's, you know, throughout racial um, jargon over the course of her, you know, her career, and just, you know, really inflammatory stuff specifically towards black people. You know, Bill Clinton, as most people should know, was responsible for the vast, or a big part of the mass incarceration that went on throughout his his time in office. And, you know, Hillary has supported a lot of that legislation and, and even rhetoric that came from the Democratic uh, Party at that time. And, you know, and so, you know, calling black super predators and things like that, Hillary. And just, you know, the media totally ignores that, totally ignores the fact that she supports Margaret Sanger and, and you know, who is obviously a racist and just complete ridiculous foolishness. And so what we have here is Bill Clinton, right? Bill Clinton recently, I don't know if you guys saw, uh, you know, the soundbite, which a lot of people tend to focus on, but he was going, kind of going at it with these uh, Black Lives Matter protesters, you know, and they were basically saying Black Lives Matter. He's saying, well, how do Black Lives Matter when you guys are defending the people who are going out here killing these kids? Now, I found, you know, the drug dealers, the, the rapists, the murderers, you got the people defending these people, which I find, you guys know, I, I agree with that. You know what I'm saying? I agree with that, but it's I find it interesting that you know you have people who support Black Lives Matter, right? And then you have someone blatantly attacking, really, in essence, everything that Black Lives Matter stands for. Now, granted, I'm you guys heard our special on Black Lives Matter. We did a whole three-hour special on Black Lives Matter, so you guys know how I feel about it. It's ridiculous. So that's how I feel. I agree with Bill Clinton, but my thing is. All the people who support Black Lives Matter, where is the justification, where is the rationalization for you then supporting Bill Clinton or Hillary Clinton based on his and her, because she's supporting everything that he does and vice versa? How do, you, how do you do that? Rhetorical, because people aren't even thinking. It's like the same people who are, who are so passionate about Black Lives Matter – see Bill Clinton, they're still going to support Hillary Clinton. They're still, you know what I mean? I just find that to be crazy. I mean, first of all, did you see the, the soundbite, the, the interview, the, the back and forth, and how do you feel about people who are still supporting him and her in light of that? Yes, I, I did see. I saw what he had to say, Bill Clinton, what he was telling to the Black Lives Matter um, protesters and um you know, it, I think 
it's amazing because he's right. You know, we, as in black people, we attack each other. We're, we're responsible for the majority of the crime against ourselves. Um, but as far as, you know, people still supporting black people, black Democrats still supporting Hillary, that happens because a lot of us are just programmed to think because you're black, you vote Democrat no matter what. They don't pay attention to what the candidate's platform is all about. They just go with just, you know, the party. They just say, oh, you know, okay, Democrat, I'm done. I don't have to listen to it. You know, keep. I'm going to keep going. And the majority of them probably don't even know of that. They probably never watched that clip or heard that soundbite to even form an opinion because they already had their mind made up. Yeah, that's very true. It's very true, and it's very common. So, you know, I, I tell people, make your own decisions, make your own mind, uh, but at the same time, make your own decision and make your own mind up. You know what I mean? Don't let the media do it for you. You know, don't let your church pastor do it for you. Don't let social media do it for you. And look, you know, take an active look at the Republican Party. Take a look at some of these independent can, uh, candidates. Take a look at other Democrats, you know, and I, you know, if you're a Democrat, cool, whatever, you know, I don't tell anyone how to vote, but, you know, I don't, the great thing about this election is, and I, you know, I actually, I don't support the Democratic Party at all, um, you know, but at the same time, I feel like if you're going to support the Democratic Party, then, you know, you, I like Bernie Sanders, you know, to me, he's one of the more honest, if, if that's not oxymoronic, you know, when talking about politicians, you know, as a whole, you know, but I'll go ahead and use it anyway. Um, I like Bernie. I feel like he, he does keep it as real as anyone running for president possibly could. So I'm like, you know, even if you are a Democrat, you know what I'm saying, you still can, you know, you have another choice. And it's just like, for me, I just, I can't fathom why anyone would vote for uh, Hillary Clinton you know, over Bernie Sanders. I just, you know, I just don't, there's like no logical reason, you know, for that. So, but, you know, think think about that. A um, couple other things. Like I said, I definitely want to talk about Batman versus Superman, one of the more anticip- highly anticipated movies in, in recent memory. A um, couple other things, though, just as, since we're talking about politics before we get off that, one, one thing about that, um, and we mentioned it on our last live show, they were talking about moving, uh, forcing the NBA, or excuse me, forcing... Uh, North Carolina to, you know, not have the All-Star game, um, you know, there because of some recent legislation uh, that was not really, you know, supporting of the LGBT, you know, rights and their this whole movement. Um, and th- I was watching the news recently, and there's this whole uh, debate about the, the, you know, transgender, you know, ever since they went went ahead with this whole Caitlyn Bruce fiasco, there's been a lot more uh, attention being paid to um, the, this whole transgender. Before it was like this, you know, the gay agenda, and that's still going on, but now it's become a little bit more uh, focused on transgender rights, and you're going to see more of that. I mean, it's just, you know, it's all part of the plan. It's all part of the agenda. Um, and one of the things that I found to be interesting was that they were they were saying, well, you know, you they're saying the debate is should transgenders have the the right to choose which bathrooms they use in public? You know, they're talking about having bathrooms just be unisex, and it's just like, I mean, how do you feel about that, Courtney? I mean, 
you are you comfortable with a woman or excuse me a man dressed like a woman you know using the same bathroom that you use watching you do what you do absolutely not <laughs> you I feel that you should um use the restroom that coincides with the sex you were born with. So, okay, you're dressed like a woman, but you were born a man, so you need to use the the, the men's bathroom. That's how I feel about it. Let me tell you guys something real quick, because I, I feel like I just got to keep it real. Like, I'm a different type of person, I guess, from what's going on out here, because I don't see too many, like, I don't see any strong men, really. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't see any, I mean, very few Strong men, and when I what I mean by strong men is are the men who actually stand for something. Are the men who are not afraid to say, "I stand for Jesus Christ. I stand based on the the principles of the Bible. This is what I believe, and I could care less what you believe." To me, that's a strong man. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like the before back in the day, those men were everywhere. They were all throughout the church. They were in politics. They were in you know just they were out and about. Now you see so many men. So I mean, it's like disgusting to me. You know the, these these fruitcakes. You know men who are openly gay, or you know on the DL. You know, or just straight, but have no testicles, have no backbone. They just go with the flow. They, you know, they support whatever or whoever is popular. It's like, oh, you know, the, you know, Obama says support gay rights. So, you know, let's support gay rights. Like, yo, but aren't you a Christian? Like, how are you a Christian and you and you support this stuff? How do you how do you on one hand say you love Jesus Christ, but on the same same out of your same mouth you say. You know, well, hey, so what? You know, transgender, you know, rights matter. And just this whole thing, you're changing your Facebook page up to, you know, rainbow colors. And it's just it's just disgusting to me, you know. And it's just like I feel like we need to get back to just, you know, strong men. And the irony with all this is that women will say, and we're going to talk a little bit later on about just, you know, standards and, you know, women wanting men on their level. It's like women are more concerned with, you know, whether or not a man has a, a master's degree or a doctorate, it, just because they have a doctorate, but it's okay for them to be a fruitcake when it comes to their morals and their values and their spiritual beliefs. They could care less if a guy, you know, uh, supports gay rights, but he claims to be a Christian. Hey, but as long as he has a doctorate, it's cool. It's like, what? As long as he makes sixty or $70,000, he's cool. He's my future husband. But his Facebook profile is in the color, the freaking rainbow colors in support of gay rights. But And you're cool with someone, someone like that being your future husband. There was a time when women would not have anything to do with those types of fruitcakes, those types of those that double-mindedness. There was a time when that was not, when you know when finances were not the biggest thing when education was not the biggest thing it was like yo what do you believe like yo do you love God can we pray together can we can we go to church together now it's just like you know can we go to this political rally together can we go to this fundraiser together how do you look in a tuxedo and it's just like yo like what what happened to to people what happened to the church what happened to society I mean, I don't know. This that's just what's on my mind right now. I don't know how you guys are feeling. Like, I, but I don't know. Is that does that bother you, Courtney? Oh, extremely. It, it does. That 
you know, we as women, we just stop caring about the things that matter, too busy trying to keep up appearances and trying to look good um, for friends and family and, you know, sacrificing our happiness just to say that we have someone, just to say, oh, I'm engaged or, oh, I'm married, but you know that you're not happy and you know that that's not what you really want. I I mean, it's crazy. People are, like you said, they're sacrificing what they really want for what they believe that they can't have. The devil has lied to some people, many people, and told them, this is, you hey, you know, it's getting tough out here. You better get what you can. You know, hey, you better be happy that he even went to college, let alone has a degree. Who cares if he supports gay rights? So who cares if, you know, he doesn't see anything wrong with, you know, uh, pol- politicians who support this whole homosexual gay agenda? Who can, You better just be happy to have a man. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Any woman out there who feels like they have to settle is believing a lie of the devil. And I got to give props to Erin. Shout out to Erin if she's listening. She gave me, you know, a classic idea for a show. It's going to be, look out for this show. It's going to be the best show we've ever done. I promise you that. It's going to be called, it's gonna, picture it. This is the headline. This is the title. He tried it. And the, the he, you know, I capitalized the title. He is going to be lowercase because we're talking about Satan, that bastard. We're going to do, he tried it, colon, how to Overcome Attacks from Satan, Part 2. Many of you guys remember the best show in our history was How to Overcome Spiritual spiritual Attacks from the Devil. And we had the big red devil you know, picture in the flyer, classic show, all-time classic show. Well, this is going to be, yeah, he tried it. You know how you know he he did he tried he tried to destroy you he did he tried to lie to you he tried to destroy your whole image of happiness and me and her were talking about that a little bit earlier today and that's going to be a um a all time classic show coming up how you first of all Courtney how you feel about I haven't even told Courtney about that guys but how do you feel about part two of our all time classic show I think it's great shout out to Aaron that is great I love the title. I love the concept. I love all of it because it's something that we all can relate to. Us women can relate to. So it's good. It's going to be ridiculous. I'm excited about it. We haven't even done it yet. Like I mean, it's like, and now we're at a place where it's like people already know. It's like, okay, you know, a, a, show, a topic, a topic like that, a title like that. You know, I might have to get my man Osho out the, you know, out the wood. We might have to dig him out, man. You know what I mean? He's been, you know, he's been getting it in. Uh, he's a pastor, man. He's running the church. He's doing a whole bunch of things. But we might have to bring him out, man. We might have to go into the archives to bring out my man, um, you know, Osho and that one. Because that's going to be a deep show. It's going to be a heavy show. Because that's, you know, lies of the enemy is something that it's just, if you guys aren't familiar, you hear the term emotional unavailability. In a nutshell, and, you know, we've, we've defined it before. You guys know what it means at this point. But overall, in essence, if if you are believing any lie of the devil and allowing that particular lie to influence your everyday actions, you know, things from your past, doubts about your future, if you're believing these lies in your everyday life, that's emotional unavailability and will prevent you from, from happiness. So the, the the key to emotional availability is many things, but you know, in essence, it's proving the lies of the devil. You know what I mean? And we'll talk, like I said, we'll talk about that uh, on that classic upcoming show. So I'm excited about 
about that. Um, what I mean, again, we're talking. There's so much stuff out here, man. I mean, the church. Again, we're talking about fruitcakes. We're talking about you know weirdos out here. What's this? Ty Tribbett. I grew up listening to him. Gospel artist. Now all of a sudden, this guy is gay. I mean, he's been gay out the closet for some time now. But it's just like I was reading an article. I think it's a little bit older, but he's talking about being gay is natural. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, yo, how how are you a gospel artist? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, first of all, Courtney, is he even still a gospel artist? <laughs> I guess so. I don't even know. I haven't heard about him in a long time, to be honest. Yo, my mom used to say she's flabbergasted. That's what I am right now. I'm flabbergasted at Ty Tribbett saying being gay is natural. There's nothing natural about being gay. No one is born gay. That's a lie in and of itself from Satan. No one is born gay. No one is, you know what I'm saying? It's not, that, that's a, it's a sin. It's a struggle. Just like anything, it's a spirit. It's a spirit that has to be prayed for and overcome and can be overcome. You know, but, you know, that's, you got people in the church. I don't know if this is real. I don't know if this is Photoshopped. I don't know, you know, what's what. But you got fruitcakes out here. I saw a picture of Kirk Franklin sitting on T.D. Jake's lap. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, what's happening out here? Like, what is really going on? You know, I mean, did you see this, Corey? I mean, I think, I think uh, Thomas posted it in the group. But, uh, I mean, I don't care if it's real or not. You know, I should say, well, if it's real, it's ridiculous. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's crazy. Um, if it is if it is not real, then, you know, whatever. But if, and if even if they're joking, you don't joke like that. You would you you will never you have never seen real men in any way joke about being gay, insinuate that they're gay, play around like that. You don't you do not see it. And if you I'm telling you guys right now, if you see that type of stuff, they are gay. They are either they're on the DL, they are you know out in the open or whatever is going on, but there is some gayness there. Real men do not play like that. And we, I don't, you know, you see people like Steve Harvey joking like that. You see Kevin Hart joking like that. You see all these people in the quote-unquote media joking around like that, putting on dresses, wearing makeup. I'm telling you straight up, the entertainment industry is run by homosexual, rich billionaire homosexuals, and if you want to be accepted into that circle... You must either be gay, support gay, you know, be willing to joke about being gay. But on some level, everything revolves around that stuff. And I, you know, it's crazy that people don't see it, but, you know, you just don't joke like that. And so I'm just, you know, look around. Please look around and please anyone show me someone who is in the the limelight is a celebrity, is a multimillionaire who does not support homosexuality. And I will wait. We got a three-hour show. I will wait until the cows come home. Someone, please show me someone, anyone, again, who is a multimillionaire celebrity in the public eye, in the spotlight, who does not support homosexuality or gay rights. Or that whole thing. Courtney, can you name one person? Not that's in the spotlight. Like, I think of Kirk Cameron, but he's not in the spotlight. 
So, no, I can't. And, and he's not a multimillionaire. That's my whole point. You you guys understand how this stuff works? You, you know what I'm saying? So, and, you, and again, I'll wait. I will wait. You know, we will take calls. People can call in. People can in, inbox, you know, post in the group, whatever you want to do. Let me know. Just name me one person. Because it's crazy. You see stuff. You, you know, you watch these shows like Access Hollywood and Ellen and Steve Harvey and Dr. Phil and all these, you know, Oprah. Excuse me. Any all these, you know, these vehicles for celebrities to express themselves, and you know, and the shows itself, the platforms themselves are set up in support of this stuff. So it's impossible to be a celebrity, but not support something that's specifically being pushed in, you know, on in the the vehicles and the avenues that make people celebrities. Right, I mean, it's, it's impossible. If you're a celebrity, you go on the Tonight Show. If the Tonight Show not just supports but promotes homosexuality and gay rights, then you know, it, come on, you guys get it. It doesn't go together. So that's kind of how that goes. Now, what else though? So there's that. I mean, you guys, real quick, I was listening to this is Jadakiss. Many of you guys uh, may know Jadakiss, rapper, and you got people like Jadakiss, Nas. Cassidy, and we've talked about this stuff before, but Jadakiss in particular is one of, if you guys don't know, I mean, he's one of the more respected lyricists out there, okay? Same as Cassidy, under not even underground, but mainstream at one point, and then out of the mainstream. Jadakiss in the mainstream, now kind of out of the mainstream, out of the limelight. And in one of his one of his stuff, he's like he says, he's like, yo, I don't got to suck D to get to sell records. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I'm a hip-hop, you know, um, enthusiast, right? And so when you, after a certain point, and I don't, I'm, not, I'm not talking about this new hip-hop. I'm talking about real hip-hop. And any hip-hop guys know this stuff. If you listen to the real hip-hop artists who at one point were in the, the spotlight but are not now out of the spotlight, you will hear many of them, Jadakiss, Cassidy, people like uh, Lupe Fiasco, you will hear them make reference to you know, stuff like that. What, what Cassidy say, I, you know, I'm not a fag, so I don't expect the record sales. Jadakiss just said, I ain't got to suck dick to, you know what I mean, to sell records. I mean, are people not seeing the, you know, you're not seeing the connection. You don't see, like, the most respected rap artists are telling you blatantly what is required to to make it and be a success at the highest level in, in entertainment. How crazy is that, Courtney? Yeah, people just aren't paying attention, but it's all connected as far as why they're underground now and why, you know, they're not mainstream because once you say I'm not about that and, I, you know, I'm not willing to do those things, then you stop getting the support from them and then you start doing your own thing, and that's why you don't hear from them like that anymore. Right. That's what it is. That's what it is. I mean, this this is Jadakiss with Jadakiss, anyone, anyone who knows hip-hop. He's in every every hip hop head's you know top five list. His his new mixtape is entitled Top Five Dead or Alive, and that's very much so accurate. He's in my top five hip hop all time. I mean, one of the best lyricists uh, ever. 
so, I mean, you know, we're not talking about some weirdo out here, some, you know, loser just kind of saying, this is one of the best rappers of all time blatantly telling you, I don't, I, you know, you have to suck people's penises to be successful in hip-hop. I mean, it doesn't get much realer than that. I mean, you don't have to listen to me, although you might, you need to, but if not me, listen to the people actually, you know, in the the entertainment industry. It's crazy. This, you know, like I said, I didn't even plan on talking about all this, but there's so much stuff. Look at love and hip hop, right? We're talking about this whole gay agenda. Look at love and hip hop Atlanta. They just uh, ended love and hip hop New York. Now they got uh, you know love and hip hop Atlanta coming back, which we've you know we've done several specials over the last few years just on that whole storyline. And now what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Every year it's like, oh, what was it the last one? You got. Uh, what is it? What's the two fruitcakes? Uh, Miles and Milan. There you go. Miles and Milan. Two weirdos. You know, two. Fr- I mean, you know, just ridiculous stuff. You know, so that's the 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 storyline on that one, right? Now you got Mimi and her new her new boo. Everyone's thinking it's a dude, and she comes out. It's guys. If you want to stay relevant, if you want to stay popular. You know, you want people to watch, you got to push the agenda. You got to, you know, the gay agenda, the lesbian agenda. I mean, you know, it's, I, you know, Danny, me and her were just talking. That's probably fake. You know, it's probably fake. It's just, you know, a storyline. That's their whole thing. Anyone who knows how reality TV works, you're only on reality TV. You're only as good as your, your last storyline. If you don't have a storyline, you know, you know, no one's going to watch you. No one's going to care. So they're going to take you off and replace you. So, you know, it's all just stupid stuff. Um, so you got that whole thing. What else you got? What else you got? You got Empire. You know, we we did we've done. You know, if you've missed any of our specials on Empire, we did an Empire One season finale recap special. That was one of the realest shows that we've ever done. Go back and Google Empire season one finale recap special, and then we did a show. I think it, when Empire was like one or two episodes in, that was also a crazy show. So those are the two major shows we did on Empire. But, you know, aside from that, we've, you know, we've talked about them on and off. But just, you know, the whole, obviously, the whole gay agenda, Jussie Smollett and, um, you know, in fact, speaking of Jussie, first of all, what kind of name is Jussie? Like, what is that? You know, Jussie, hey, hey, Jussie, hey, Jussie, yo, yo, Jussie, yo, I'm glad I don't know him because I'm not calling another man Jussie. I'm like, yo, what's up, Jay? What's good? What's going on with you? What's up, Jess? I'm not calling another man Jess. Hey, Jesse. Hey. Hey, boo. Like these fruitcakes out here. I'm not doing that. I'm telling you straight up. I'm I'm not just saying it. Like if I knew him personally, yo, what's up, Jay? I'm not, I'm not going to shake another man's hand. Hey, Jesse. Like I don't know how people do it and even feel comfortable with themselves. That's the first thing. Secondly, this dude is is on television kissing Lee Daniels. Like, come on, man. I mean, you're like, I mean, you know, and it is what it is. Like, I don't, I, I really, ironically, don't even really have a problem with that. I mean, you see, that's where it becomes judgmental. I don't have a problem with two people and what they do. But my issue and my sole issue is this agenda that they're trying to project onto the masses. You do what you do. If you want to be gay, if you want to have a boyfriend, you have a girlfriend, cool, do what you do. But don't 
shove that down my throat and then have the audacity to get mad when people try to talk preach the word of God. It's like you can't you can't even mention the name Jesus Christ, but then when you have, you know, this whole gay agenda, they want to they just want to flood everything with it. But when you try to flood everything with Jesus, it's like, oh, it's a problem. We can't even pray in schools. You know what I mean? You can't even have you can't even mention the Bible. You can't even mention God. And it's ridiculous. You know what I mean? I mean, just really think about that. There's, I mean, the, I mean, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Everybody wants to throw up. The moment you talk about, oh, how are you the president? You call yourself a Christian, but you support gay rights. They say, well, what about the separation of church and state? I say, okay. But they can paint the freaking White House, you know, the rainbow colors? If it's where the separation only applies to religion, but not, think, you know, it takes away God, but doesn't take away things that God hates. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hold on, you want to separate this stuff, but how are you doing this whole, uh, you know, gay gay push? You can support homosexuality, but not support Jesus Christ? I mean, does anyone see a problem with that? <laughs> you know what I mean? I find that to be crazy. I mean, really think about that. Politicians can openly support homosexuality, but it's a problem when politicians openly support their personal religious beliefs. I mean, and the, the irony is that there are people who actually see no problem with that. You know, you know. I mean, is that is it just me, Court? I mean, do you see an issue with that? I mean, it's a huge issue, but again, it's like the whole new world order thing. Is that's what it's all about? You know, to them, as far as accepting. Homosexuality, not even not even just accepting is not the word. Embracing homosexuality, that's what it's just become, and that's what it's going to be. It's going to continue to be that way. Right. I just want some equality, because I really, ironically, I really have no problem with people uh, professing, you know, support for homosexuality. I really, I really don't. I don't want people to like. I do not. I mean, if you support that, then you support that. But let's let it be equal. Oh, I, I shouldn't say that. No, let me let me take that back. I I don't have a problem who support homosexuality, but I have a huge problem with Christians who support homosexuality. People who profess a, a love for Jesus Christ, but at the same time support and like Courtney said, embrace something that God specifically hates. That's where my problem comes in, because it becomes at that point you're disrespecting. That's like professing a love for Allah. But also professing support for you know eating pork. That's just you know, and you don't see that type of stuff. You don't you don't even hear people talking about Islam. Um, you don't hear people disrespecting Islam. You don't hear people disrespecting and making mockeries of Buddhism or or, or Confucianism or any of these. You know, there are thousands of religions out there. Why is Christianity the butt of all jokes? The focus of all debates? Why is it, you know, well, I think we all know the reason, because it's the right religion. It's the real religion. It's the one religion that is going to determine where you spend eternity. And I think deep down, everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. That's why you mentioned God. It's such a hot topic. People can have a debate all day about uh, Islam, a debate about, you know, any religion. And it's not, you know, go, go, go try to have a debate about with your friends. Hey, how do you feel about, uh, you know, how you feel about Muhammad? How you feel about Allah? Oh, you know, you know, it's like a no big deal. Hey, what are your thoughts on Jesus Christ? It's like, yo, they look at you like you're crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, 
yeah, I get it. Y'all seen it. But it is what it is. And again, that's where being strong comes becomes important. So, and then all this stuff is important. It's all important. It's all worth it. And we're going to talk about black women and their standards being t- too high. We're going to talk about Superman. You know what I mean? But, you know, at some point we got to keep it real and talk about the things that really matter. I mean, all this stuff matters, right? Um, let's let's do this. You know, one of the things I wanted to um, uh, discuss was Superman, you know, this new movie, Batman vs. Superman. And one of the things, I mean, first of all, Cordell, I'll ask you, you just saw it today. It was fresh, fresh in your mind. And I got to see it again. I got to see it again. I'll be honest with you. I was tired. It was one of them days I got up at 5. I was running around all day. We saw like a... I think a seven o'clock movie. It was a three-hour movie, so I, I not not at all for a couple of times. You know, I got the gist of it, but you know, what I, mean? I definitely want to go back and watch it again. But um, what did you think? Well, I thought it was entertaining from you know an, an action standpoint. You know, it kept you engrossed in the movie. Um, however, I did not miss um, the fact that the whole thing was um, good versus evil. Like, I saw a lot of that, even with, um, you know, Superman. Clark Kent was supposed to be, like, the good guy. And then um, they painted Batman to be, and Lex Luthor to be the bad guy. So it was, like, good versus evil. And not even just that, but um, there were a couple of scenes that just let me know what the agenda was all about. You know, you see scenes with Lex Luthor talking about, he mentions God so many times throughout the whole movie as he throws up the 666 sign. And I noticed that immediately, and I'm like, okay, first of all, who talks like that? But, again, you see, but he says it specifically as he's mentioning God, and then, um, I mean, it was so much. And then I saw, it was like a painting. I don't know if it was supposed to be Batman, but it kind of looked like Baphomet. I don't know. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I, I just saw a lot of um, symbolism, I guess I'll say. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, just so you, and that's good. I'm proud of you. I mean, you definitely, and we haven't even, like I said, Courtney just saw this today. You know what I mean? Early on, or you know, I think like four o'clock show or whatever. And so we, I haven't spoken to Courtney since she saw the movie. And so, you know, this everything she's saying, these are one hundred percent her thoughts, and what I'm about to say are one hundred percent my thoughts. But you'll see a lot of the same things, and it's just really refreshing to see, you know, people, not just Courtney, but just people in general who now have the knowledge, who now know what to look for. Anyone can see it. You know what I mean? Just like Courtney's able to say, okay, I want to go to the movies, I want to see this, and then having the knowledge to be able to look for things, look for certain, like you said, every time the the the, the term God is mentioned, you know, Lex Luthor, he's throwing up 666 signs, and that's everywhere, guys. That's like any show, that's movies, that's politicians, you know, you just got, it's, it's, it's one of the, it's, you know, it's really amazing. It's really, like, crazy that this is, this is how the world works. Like, the people are so, like, satanic that they do that. It's on Empire. You know, they were doing it today on Empire. You know, well, today, but me and my wife just watched it today, the most recent episode. And I was telling, I was like, yo, I, I can't stand this show. But I only watch it just, like, specifically just to be able to talk about it intelligently because I feel like as a as someone, you know, who re- talks about stuff and reports this stuff and analyzes stuff, you got to be able you got to be knowledgeable. Like I've never been one of those people just to talk about something without having seen it for myself. You know what I mean? But trust me, when I tell you, like I if I didn't if 
I just want them to cancel this stuff so I to put me out of my misery. Like, don't make me watch it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if the world is talking about empire, I got to know what's going on in empire. If the world is talking about scandal, I got to know what's going on in scandal. So they make me watch it. I don't want to. I promise you I don't want to. I know the Americans, you know, 24, um, you know, um, Arrow, Flash, like that's stuff that I, you know, I actually enjoy. I, you know, no, I don't know fun about it whatsoever. But like, oh my god, like Empire is just literally, it's like it's like torture. It's like torture to me. But <laughs> enough about that. Um, so, but Batman though, Batman versus Superman. And I took some notes. I took some notes when I was watching. As Courtney alluded to, the whole theme. The whole movie, the theme of the entire film is good versus evil, but also, and even more so, God versus man. Okay? That's the theme. And, you know, and that's the, that's the, the, the soundbite, the clip that you see most. You know, you see Lex Luthor acting all crazy, you know, God versus man, you know what I mean? Just fruitcake in and of itself, but that's a whole other thing. You know, and he's just so excited to about that and that's why they chose him to play that role because of his excitement level which is symbolic in and of itself because everyone is excited they the people who do this stuff who make these this stuff they're so excited about man versus god this is a war guys a war that we have of good versus evil the media wants you to think it's about black versus white, rich versus poor, police versus the citizens. No, 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 no. No, it's good versus evil, God versus man. You have man, you know, doing all of these things, testing God and testing and testing. What are you going to do, God? We're going to do this. We're going to pass this law. We're going to do make this move. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, now, God, what are you going to do? And they're just testing and testing and testing. And eventually, something's going to happen. But that's the symbolic nature of this film. Everything is God versus man. Superman is God. And, you know, and the, the crazy thing is, remember, I think when Iron Man came out and Avengers came out, and I told you guys, I'm like, yo, forget about the action. I told you all this. You might remember. I told you all, yo, the, don't be distracted by the action and the fight scenes and the bullets and the explosions, but actually listen to the dialogue. Really listen to what these, these characters are saying. Look at the actual plots of these films, which often get lost in the hype. But the plot, what's being said is these guys are, you know, they're putting the whole reason um, Bruce Wayne, Batman, is mad at, at Superman is specifically because the world views him as a god. They are worshiping him. And he has this power that he feels is dangerous. He's almost jealous of it. And that's the foundation for if you go back to the book of Genesis, you go back to Exodus, the people were very resistant. All they had to do was just enjoy God and trust God and follow God. But the, the whole problem with them being killed in the wilderness and never making it to the promised land was specifically because they were jealous of God and envious of God, many of them, and just didn't trust God. But look what we have with Bruce Wayne. He was jealous. He was envious. There was no reason not to like Superman. He's, you know, he's Superman. He, he's good. Everyone knows Superman is good. He came up with these, these reasons to hate him. 
You know what I'm saying? We can talk about whether or not those the reasons were actually valid or not, but the reality is he was jealous, and that same sim, that's symbolic of people. Uh, Batman represents the people. You know, he represents man. Superman represents God, and the the envy and the jealousy that the people and the distrust that people man has towards God. That's the whole symbol, symbolic, you know, nature of this film. And anyone who saw it, you know, who knows how this stuff works, or who's even read the Bible, or even parts of the Bible, can certainly see that connection. It's obvious. And so there's the theme of God, of Superman being God and being all-powerful. But that's nothing. Watch what else happens. Watch this. And me and Osho were talking about this years ago. We've never really talked about it on the show. But really think about it. If you know anything about Superman, Courtney, I'm going to ask you. Let's see how, how well you know Superman. What's okay? So we know his name is Superman. We know his his alter ego is Clark Kent. But what's Superman's actual name? Do you know? Is it Kal El or Kal El? I'm not saying it right, but something like yes. that. Yes, yes, Kal El. Excellent, great. I'm, I'm impressed. I was getting ready to play you, but no, I'm impressed. You you uh, you thwarted my you know, my plan. <laughs> but no, very impressed. Excellent. So Kal El. But watch this. That's actually not a lot of people think that's his first name. People think his name is like Kal-El Superman. No, no, no. His name is Cal and then L is his last name. It's Cal and then L. Kal-El. Just like there's Jor-El. Jor-El is his father. Jor-El, the house of L. Well, if anyone understands what you know what, the, what the, what's symbolic about that, Courtney? What does L mean? Do you know? Um, God, I'm not sure. Yeah, it means God. There you go. You're batting a okay. thousand. L actually means God. If anyone you know knows that L is the, that's like the name of God, and so one one of the names of God, and so. You know, I mean that that's in you know that should be you know enough said right there. I mean that's it does mean God in real life. You know, it's no coincidence that the creators of Superman, who are making this all powerful being with superhuman speed and strength and vision and all that stuff, they gave him this name and his whole race of people, these super beings, the name of God. So now you have you know you have. Um, and look this stuff up. Look up. Look up. What does L mean? Everyone knows, should know. L means God, you know. And so, if you see the film, the correlation that they're making with Superman and God is is staggering, you know. It's it's very deliberate. And so, if you look at, but watch this. Watch this. This is like one of the craziest scenes in the whole film. Did anyone see when Superman was out? Um, he was like out at, out at sea. This dude was walking on the water. Did you peep that? Did you see that scene? No, I didn't. I don't remember oh, that one. He's freaking walk. He's not, and this is at a time when he's not in his uh his costume. But he's freaking like they show him, and it's it's as um uh uh Lex Luthor is doing this whole monologue, you know, explaining the whole man versus God thing to you know uh to him to Superman. They they do a little flashback of, of him walking on the water you know well he's you know he's superman so he's kind of floating or whatever but it's symbolic of how jesus christ walked on the water they're showing superman walking on the water i mean it's so like i said you got to see this stuff it's very deliberate 
I mean, think of, I mean, come on. I shouldn't even have to break it down. I mean, it's obvious. Superman walking on water, Jesus Christ is God, God walking on water. You know, that was very deliberate. So you have you have that. Then you got, um, you know, this whole battle. You know, and I was, it's funny, watch this, watch this, this is crazy. You have the movie, in my opinion, and this is just in my opinion, was a little bit slow in the beginning. You know, in the beginning, towards the middle, in my opinion, it was a little slow. But you could tell it was building up and building up and building up towards the end where you had this climactic battle between good versus evil and, and uh, you know, God versus man, Batman versus Superman at the very end. Well, guys, you know, and maybe that was deliberate because that's what's actually happening now. This is actually the first and the middle part of the movie. We're towards the end of the movie. We're actually approaching that actual battle that is absolutely coming between God versus man. God is not happy. Be clear about that with what he sees from, you know, the people, whether it's this legislation, whether it's entertainment, whether it's movies like Batman versus Superman, whether it's, you know, all this stuff. He's not pleased. So, oh, be clear, there's going to be a battle, you know. And so, in fact, why, I see so much stuff. And watch this. I, most people probably didn't even catch this. But I was watching uh, Empire, and there was a um, – a commercial, most of you know American Idol ended after all these years, and <laughs> it's, it's so subtle, and they think that they're so slick, but I want—I really wonder how many people caught this. Most people won't even catch it even now that I'm even talking about it, but I just watched it, and they were like, all you saw, it was like American Idol, and then you heard Ryan Seacrest saying, celebrate the end. You know what I'm saying? That's what he would say, just sell, that's, that's all they said. It was just celebrate the end, and then like this, you know, this powerful voice. And a lot of people say, "Well, okay, yeah, it's the end of American Idol. Let's celebrate it." But that's one of those what they call double entendres that has a much, 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 much deeper meaning, you know. And I'll just, you know, some people, what was he talking about? Who saw the Jay Z Run This Town video? Right, follow me. What are they doing? You ever see that video, Run This Town? Yes. Who's going to run this town tonight? Well, that's basically symbolic of the ending of the world or how things are going to be when there's all darkness, all black, everything, right? But watch this. What are they doing? They're celebrating. They're happy. They're rejoicing. Many people don't understand that Satanists actually celebrate death. Why do you think there's Halloween, right? What is what is Halloween? Watch this. Why does everyone have such a, a, a good time at Halloween? Where did it originate from? Well, it's a, actually a celebration of the dead, right? That's what it is. Look up Halloween, Google it. It's a celebration of demons. It's a time when demonic spirits are supposedly brought back to life, and it's a celebration of the dead. You people will wear costumes and masks, and they celebrate demonic activity, satanic activity, you know, d demons, the dead. That's what Halloween is. Look at the media and how they focus on it. You're celebrating. What is American Idol talking about? Celebrate the end. Most people, want they want you to think that they're talking about American Idol, but they're really talking about celebrate the end, the end of the world. Celebrate death. It's, you know, it's, you got you to gotta read the Bible to understand that. You got to look back at the Old Testament and look at the things that, they, that the pagans did. Look at the things that they celebrated in the Bible that, that actually angered God so much. 
This isn't me talking. This is in the Bible. It's just, but yet, but you guys got to understand the Old Testament is the is actually the Bible or the the reference point for so so much satanic activity. Because what they do is they take what what they did in the Old Testament, whether it's these sacrifices, whether it's these ideologies, you know, the worship uh, practices, and they and they make they twist it. They make a well, they adopt some of it. They adopt the the stuff in it that God hates, the stuff that people did in the Old Testament that God hated, that's what they adopt. But the stuff that God loved, they twist it and they make a mockery of it. And they, you know, and so that's the whole basis of Satanism. And so, you know, that's kind of what you see when you, you know, when you're looking at things like Batman and when you see little commercials like celebrate the end, like, and that's like the main focus. They could have said, oh, yeah, let's, you know, who's going to be the winner of American Idol? Who's going to, you know, tune in to see who takes home the very last crown? No, they didn't even go into all that. They just said celebrate the end. I mean, is that, how crazy is that, Courtney? That's creepy, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, you got, I mean, seriously, you just got to ask yourself, like, yo, like, what? Why? What kind of promo is that? You know what I mean? Like, you're, it, this is a this is a, a talent competition with with people. They didn't even have show the people. They they just said celebrate the yo yo. This stuff is crazy. People, oh that guy, Daydon, he's tripping. Okay, yeah, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. All right. Wait till the end actually gets here, and we'll see. You know, I mean, seriously, that's how it goes. But so that's that's Superman. One of the one of the um. One last thing about Batman vs Superman. There was a, a a scene when Lex was actually talking, and he was like, "Yeah, humans have made images in man's, you know, in in God's likeness for centuries now." And you know, he kind of referenced what's the things that are going on now, and how people were worshiping worshiping Superman as God, and basically saying man had been doing that for centuries, basically making images. And you know, obviously, everyone knows. That that's one of God's laws is is to not make, you know, images, you know, in God's likeness, and basically admitting like, yo, we we've actually been doing this for years, and so it kind of, it's you know, there's there's a lot of symbolism, in not just Batman versus Superman, but you know, any of these movies. I mean, it's not even movies. It's it's anything that you know, is going to reach the masses, whether it's the Super Bowl, whether it's the Oscars, whether it's the Grammys, MTV Movie Awards, you know, um, you know, Batman, Avengers, um, all these blockbusters that where you have millions and millions and millions of people watching, you better believe they're going to put their agenda in there. Shoot, I would. You know, if I had the ability to let millions of people, you know, hear me, you better be darn sure I'm going to, whatever it is, I mean, shoot, look at what we do on this show. We've got thousands of listeners listening. You hear me talking about my book, Courtney's book that's coming out, you know, TRC Auto Sales, the love we had. Like, yo, I'm going to let y'all know. Like, yo, so you can only, and that's what I do. So you can only imagine what they're going to do and use their platform for. So, but it is what it is. So, yeah, there's that. Wow, we're making pretty good time. I want to spend a good amount of time, though, switching switching gears a, a little bit. And um, like I said earlier, talking about black women, you know, and we don't, I mean, we talk about women, we talk about dating, we talk about relationships from a, you know, from a broad perspective. But today I really want to, you know, um, focus a little bit more on African-American women, single African-American women, and just really take an honest look at why we're seeing a lot of what we're seeing. I mean, you know, we look at, 
you know, you hear this, you know, Steve Harvey and them, they did the ABC special a few years ago on, um, you know, why are so many single, uh, successful women single or whatever, and they, you know, they talked about men in jail, men are, who are gay, uneducated, and they, you know, just kind of used that as a scapegoat, but no one spends any time talking about, well, what are the, what are you looking for? You know what I mean? Like, what kind, one, what kind of man are you looking for? And then two, what makes you think, you know, the best men are going to be receptive of what it is you're, you know, you're saying that you want? It's kind of like, like, imagine this, imagine going into a job interview and then the recruiter asks you, hey, so, you know, what are your, what are your salary requirements? You know, what what are you looking for? You say, well, you know, I'm flexible. I mean, y'all know how it goes. Like, anytime I got interviewed in the past, I thought, hey, how much are you looking for? Hey, honestly, I'm flexible. You know, some some type of BS response. Well, you know, you know, my money is not really the the my motivating factor for this position. I'm really looking for a job where I can advance and be comfortable and just have a fair boss and you know be able to just support my family. You, you know how that how that stuff goes. Nobody says, oh yeah, I want a hundred thousand. You know, you kind of got to ease your way into it, right? You know, you give them what you tell them what they want to hear. You know, you don't go in there and say, well, honestly, I don't want to work weekends. I don't want to work overtime. I want a hundred thousand. I gotta have the the top you know benefits. I gotta be able to travel if I want to. But if I don't want to, I don't need to be able to, like. No one says that, you know. And if you said that, you'd be a fool thinking that you'd actually get hired after saying that, you know. So as crazy as that is, if they asked you what you want, and you gave some type of ridiculous answer, you'd be crazy to think that you're gonna get the position. Well, now take that analogy, take that situation, and apply it to black women. When you have women saying, well, hey, look, what do you want in a man? You're single, you want love, you're having trouble finding love. Well, what are you looking for? What are your standards? And then you have women actually saying, well, he's got First of all, that's the problem right there. He's got to have. Who are you to say what he's got to have? Who are you to say, put yourself in a position of power as if he's doing you a favor by da- by or excuse me by as if you're doing him a favor by dating him that's that's the problem right there women are putting themselves up on this pedestal thinking that men have to impress them thinking that they are in fact the prize when in reality it's the opposite these men are not chasing and we've talked about that but so you have women most women blatantly saying he's got to have you know a master forget a bachelor's he's got to have at least a master's he's got to have a doctorate He's got to drive us. So I've actually heard this. You guys listen in. You guys are cool because you, you know, cause, because you listen and because you, you know, you probably have sense. But the vast majority of people out there, they don't have this information. They're thinking that what they're thinking is valid. They're saying, well, he's got to drive a, a, you know, a Mercedes or some form of luxury car. He's got to have his suits have to cost three hundred dollars. He's got to do X, Y, and Z. And it's just like. They don't understand the ridiculous nature of that. Have you heard, I mean, you know, as a woman, Courtney, have you heard other women expressing similar views? Yes, I have. Um, I remember, you know, girlfriends of mine or associates, if you will, from college, and, um, you know, we would go out and, you know, we have girls night out or whatever, and we would have discussions and the topics of dating would come up and um a lot of us would say that we wouldn't date a man if he didn't go to college or, or he didn't finish college. 
like he would at least have to have a bachelor's degree or, you know, it, that was always the topic of discussion. And um, also that they would prefer the man to make more than them. And I was one of those women that felt that way. Either. I mean, as well, I should say. So let me stop faking the funk. Like, I was one of those women, too. Like, I felt that way at one point. Because what I was your rationale? Like, well, I wanted to feel taken care of, and I wanted to feel provided for. So in my head, a man could only provide for me if he made more money than me. And if he didn't, then it would go nowhere. That's how I used to think. Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting. You have on one hand, you know, women, you know, most women nowadays, we're talking about African-American women, let's, you know, there's a, we're seeing more and more women growing up without a father. We're seeing more and more broken homes, which is not the women's fault at all. You know, a lot of these guys are running the streets, they're doing different things. And so for whatever reason, the family ends up, you know, broken and separated and different things. And so women are growing up without having that. Well, first of all, having that built-in distrust towards men as a whole. And certainly in many, most cases, many cases, you know, having a, a really often a deep-rooted hatred towards men and specifically towards their fathers. So, I mean, you go into it, I mean, it's already, you're starting out, you know, just at a disadvantage because if you hate your father, how can you ever love, really love a man? How can you look at any man in a positive way when the person, who the man, when the man you're supposed to love more than anyone, you're looking at him with hatred? I mean, that's really the the root and the foundation of a lot of these problems is the hatred towards these fathers, these deadbeats, you know? I mean, you look at women who actually had a loving father growing up, you know? I mean, I don't know too many women who, who had who had loving fathers growing up who are not happily married or or, <clears throat> or are just are not, most of them are, who had that are happier. They don't have that just that attitude. They don't have that sarcasm. They don't have that that barrier, that wall up, that guard up, that fear of being hurt, that original fear of being walked out on by your father. I had a young woman I counseled uh, many years ago, and uh, <clears throat> one of the deepest stories that I've I've ever heard in my life. She said, "You know, Dadon, you know, it's um I, I grew up without a father." And I, you know, finally got the courage to, and that, she said that really hurt me. It caused a lot of problems, a lot of searching with men and just otherwise, and it really hurt me throughout my life. But as an adult, I decided to look him up and find him. And she said one day I, I found him and I called him. You know, I said, hey, you know, may I speak to so-and-so? He said, you know, speaking. She said, hi, my name is so-and-so, you know, and I'm your daughter. You know, do you, do you know who I am? And uh, he said, Yes, I know who you are. And you know, and he hung up on her. You know, and that and she said that was one of the was really the most hurtful thing that she'd ever experienced. And I mean, so just imagine stuff like that. Like and I know this young woman, I know what she experienced. And I know the pain that it caused her. So you can already I already know that that same type of pain and hurt and hatred almost exists within and boils within so many of these quote-unquote successful, eligible bachelorettes that are just waiting to be found by their prince. 
How can you be found by a prince when you have hatred boiling inside of you? That's where the conversation has to start. People are skipping over the deep-rooted original hatred that exists from birth, from childhood in many cases, and they're skipping towards what kind of degree you have, what kind of job you have, what kind of salary you make. Do people see a problem with that? All of that stuff doesn't matter. I don't care. You're not going to be found by anybody when you've got hatred and distrust boiling inside of you. So that's the real issue. We've got to look at that. See, no one even talks about that, let alone examines the effect that that has on men viewing those women in, as eligible bachelorettes, future wives. We See, one of the things that women, most women don't have no clue about, and I'm not blaming women, I'm just explaining. I'm just explaining because men talk about this stuff. The problem is men see that boiling. We see it. It presents itself in other ways, women say, well, you know, we haven't even talked about my father. We don't have to talk about your father for me to know that you hate your father, for me to know that you have a deep-rooted hatred and distrust towards men as a whole. That's obvious. That, that presents itself. It rears its ugly head in a number of different ways. You know, and so, I mean, we picked up on that type of stuff within five minutes of the first conversation. You understand that, guys? Let alone, you know, you figure after a week of conversation or several days or, shoot, a couple months, all that stuff shows. And so in our mind, we compartmentalize the woman. We compartmentalize her. We say, whoa, she's kind of successful. Whoa, she got, she got a nice car. Whoa, she got a nice body. We've already compartmentalized. Like, okay, this is who you're going to be to me. Yes, I'm looking for a wife. Yes, I want a family, a wife, and kids. But you have this hatred boiling inside you. You have these issues boiling inside you. So I'm going to just compartmentalize you to be my my boo, my you know live-in girlfriend, my you know someone I just sleep with. And then so several months or maybe even several years of you know nothing amounting from that, right? Oh, it's now it becomes the conversation becomes oh he's afraid of commitment. You know, he's intimidated by my six-figure salary. Just totally catapulting themselves over the whole conversation of that deep-rooted hatred and mistrust and distrust that exists and has existed since childhood. How, I mean, am I, am I even scratching the surface, Courtney? How do you feel about that as a woman? I mean, that's deep, and it, it just um, it makes sense to, to me just thinking – personally just from dating situations and me not being being taken seriously and just having that um I used to have a deep rooted um hatred for my father at one point. And I remember you remember our first session when you asked me about my father, like I started crying because it was just it was so much pain and I mean I don't even think I told you this, but I don't have that many pictures of me and my father together because I poked holes in them with um, a pen because I was just so upset. I would just, like, poke holes in pictures um, because of that hatred. And you're right. Like, it manifests itself through relationships and just having that attitude and having that guard up and just being afraid to trust. You never told me you were in the voodoo? (laughs) Now, see. You poking holes? I did. I I took a pen, and I, I I would poke holes in his face, like, in a picture. Because I was mad, well, I'm gonna I was do. like a let little me, girl. Let, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go ahead and delete you off of my Facebook and block you because I don't want you to have any access to my picture. Oh. You know what I mean? Because I don't know. I, 
I don't really talk to Morgan anymore. Like, I don't know where she, like, she might be. I don't want you to be poking holes in my face. You know what I mean? <laughs> Gouging my eyes out. Yo, like, what the heck? Yo, y'all. Yo, we we talking about daddy issues. We're talking about dating and relationships. Courtney talking about some voodoo stuff. Like, y'all see what I'm talking about? Y'all see what I had to deal with? We not even talking about. We just talking about. We having a conversation. Courtney talking about gouging my picture out. Yeah, I got my eyes out. This is crazy. But no, seriously though. I mean, but as Courtney said, no, I'm I'm making light, but this is actually serious because. That, that's that's that hatred. I mean, you gotta really experience some s- strong and severe hatred to to want to take it to that level of wanting to gouge someone's eyes out, wanting to do other things. And so, I think that's where the conversation has to start about you know are black women's standards too high? Forget all that. You can you will never be any good to anyone until you've healed. From the uh, the root issue now, so 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 there's that. Okay, so let's let's move on from that. What we're going to do now, because that's not, you know, be clear, that is absolutely the case in the vast majority of these situations. Because again, you look at the numbers, the statistics of broken homes, single parent homes. You figure seventy percent of black babies are born into single parent homes. Many of you know those women are now successful. No one ever says you can't be successful in a, in a home, but you're guaranteed to be missing certain things. But let's just assume for a second that let's take that, let's remove that piece of it. Let's just say hypothetically, you know, you did have a loving household. You don't harbor any deep-rooted resentment. You don't, you know what I mean? Like there's no emotional issues, there's no daddy issues. Let's just for a second assume and pretend that that's not even a factor. And so let's just continue the conversation of, you know, are black women's standards too high? At what point do you need to um, take a look at what what are your standards? Like, what are you looking for? Because, you know, is it a problem? We were having a de- debate uh, with a young woman this morning over in the Friends Group on that particular thread, and um, she was basically just saying that, you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting a man on her quote-unquote level. But I think we have to really define what that means. What, you know, and one of the things I said earlier in the thread a couple of days ago was the fact that we have a lot of average women. And that's no disrespect to anyone. But I think, you know, and that's one of the reasons why Marv, you know, and some other brothers, rest in peace to Marv, but many other brothers, and, and even Gerald and I over the years, have discussed um, the definition of a dime, okay? The definition of a truly great woman. We've done a show on the a definition of a dime, the definition of the perfect wife. We did a show on what it means to be a Proverbs 31 woman, okay? The definition of a great mother, how to be a successful single mother and to go on to be a happy wife. We've done all of those shows. We've done countless shows on explaining and detailing, giving a blueprint on what the best possible woman looks like, what she acts like, what her views will be like. And so because we've done that, you really got to take a look at that and understand that many women out here, most women out here, are far, far, far from that definition of a, even, uh, not just a great woman, but 
aren't even being viewed as wife potential. Do you guys see a problem with that? The women out here, the women who are most vocal about what men aren't doing, are and ironically, are the type of women who aren't even being considered for these. For the, I mean, you have people, you know, it's kind of like the equivalent of people complaining about, you know, the dress code at a certain job, a certain company. Well, what difference does it make? You're not going there. You're not getting the job anyway. You're not qualified. You know what I mean? So what do you care about what the dress code is? You know, you're talking about this particular school, what, what racism is like in the school. Well, you're not worthy of going to that school to begin with. So what do you care? And it's the same thing. Why are you worried about what these men bring to the table when you're not even going to be found by the best part? There's a very, very small percentage of quality men out here, okay? Half these dudes are fruitcakes, like we talked about earlier. Either they're already gay on the DL and about to come out as gay, have no backbone, have no testicles, you know, support stuff they shouldn't be supporting, don't know Jesus Christ. So there's a very small percentage of quality men to begin with. And there's just an equally amount of or, or short shortage of quality women. So the, the people who will actually have love, the people we talked about in our all-time classic special on War Room, how to build and maintain a successful marriage, those people who are going to find themselves and live happily ever after, that's a very small percentage. I'd put it at about less than 10% on both sides. You know, the Bible says one in a thousand men will be a true man of God. The Bible says who can find a virtuous woman, a virtuous woman. So obviously there's a shortage of quality men who love God genuinely and authentically, and there's a, also a shortage of quality women. And so the problem with it is we have below-average women ironically chasing this, the below-average men just because they know how to put on a suit and tie a tie. Half these guys out here don't even know Jesus Christ. What I mean, seriously, it's amazing. You will see women settling and even going after men who are losers. I, I met a woman recently. Watch this. I'm not going to say any names. But I met a woman recently who had sex with Trey Songs. Who watch this, watch this. And I'm not I'm not snitching, but you know, this is public knowledge. But I know a woman who in one night was one of about fifteen to thirty women who either had sex who were I'll put it like this, who were sexual with Trey Songs and many other celebrities. I was like, Wow, that's crazy. She was like, Yo, she was telling me how she said, Yo, all that neighbors know my name and uh, he, he invented sex She was like, no, he didn't invent sex She was bragging about how corny he was in bed I'm like, yo, are you crazy? She was bragging that she was one of 30 women To go into a private room with him It was a line of women waiting to sleep with him In one night And she was one of them How crazy is that, Courtney? Wow, and she's bragging She was bragging about it I, Yeah, you know me, I'm just looking <laughs> like really, I said you realize you're gonna be a topic of a show, right? You know what I mean? It was crazy because she actually does. And, and now, see, stuff like this is this. These are the same people. These are the same people. A lot of people don't see the connection. They a lot of women, and this is I'm not blaming women, but I'm just explaining. There are a lot of women, whether it's Trey Songs or their local neighborhood drug dealer or the Being Mary Jane type who just has that guy who comes over to, you know, bang their back out once a week, once every couple of weeks. I mean, it doesn't matter who it is, but a lot of women aren't factoring in their sexual activity 
into the position that they're uh they're being placed in. And it's amazing. It's like, yo, you're you have sex. You know what I mean? Like you have friends with benefits. So why what makes you think that doesn't disqualify you from 100%, 100% disqualify you from being found by a true man of God? Cuz it absolutely does. You know, like the same women debating in these types of threads or these relationship forums or on these radio shows or wherever, how many, ask yourself, ask them, how many of y'all are celibate? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you got the audacity, y'all, y'all talking about degree. I'm like, Ivor said, you talking about, you talking about, you talking about practice. I'm like, no, you talking about degrees. You talking about certification. You talking about salary. What's going on between your legs? You know, again, I'm not judging. I'm just asking a question because it does matter. It does matter. It, it, do, it absolutely matters. Not just do many women have friends, you know, a friend with benefits, but, you know, that's not even including the hoes. I'm giving women the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, look, maybe you are actually a good woman who just happens to have someone in her life who she's sexual with. I'm giving the benefit of the doubt and saying, hey, look, maybe it's just one. That's not even factoring in you know, the being Mary Janes, the, the Olivia Popes of the world who have multiple sexual partners who actually go back and forth to di- an ex-boyfriend and that new guy. You know what I'm saying? It's like crazy out here. And then have the audacity, have the audacity to go on these dates, to sign up for Match.com, ChristianMingle.com. How are you on ChristianMingle.com looking for a Christian man, a successful Christian man, when you be when you're a freak, now I mean no, no disrespect, but I'm just asking these questions. Like seriously, like God is not stupid, and I'm not saying your prayers can't be answered, but it's ludicrous to think that God is gonna bless you with a true man of God who's gonna love you unconditionally when you're getting smashed off by Tyrone from up the block. I mean, I'm just asking, Courtney, is that? As a woman, does that make sense? Like, why do women think that that's even possible? Because um, a lot of us feel like we can just have our cake and eat it too. Like, we can still do those things and still be found. And, um, you know, a lot of us abuse grace. You know, like, oh, yeah, we sin, but, you know, God will forgive us. And um, not only will he forgive us, but he'll bless us with the man that he has for us. And it's a lot it's a lot of stuff. And just that delusion, creating fantasies in our head, you know, of being able to do all of those things, being being able to live the life of Olivia Olivia Pope. Like that's real life. Yeah, you know, I mean it's and, and the, the I mean the funniest thing about it is is that the media and again, going back to media propaganda they will actually lie to people, you know, lie to women, and paint these unrealistic pictures and put people in positions of power and influence like Beyonce, like Nicki Minaj, like, uh, you know, Olivia Pope and the character, you know, these characters, Cookie Lions and, you know, being Mary Jane, and, and they'll glamorize them and they'll make those those characters, those personalities desirable to these women, and they start at young ages. You know what I'm saying? If you look at Destiny's Child, you know, how, I mean, just imagine, just look at how long, and we did an all-time classic show years ago where we just, you know, systematically went through, you know, Beyonce, or excuse me, Destiny's Child 
really followed Beyonce's career going back to Destiny's Child and just analyzed every single song, whether it was uh, Independent Woman, Freakum Dress, uh, Survivor, uh, you know, Party, uh, you know, all these, these songs, like these these ridiculous songs, Bootylicious, and just looked at the lyrics and, you know, Bills, 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 Can You Pay My Bills, all this stuff, Independent Woman, like just, and, and how so many women have, from the age of 15, which was when many of them started listening to Destiny's Child, and they followed Beyonce all throughout her career to now, you know, 15, 20 years later, they're now 35, 40, and it's just like that, that, that has been embedded in their soul, those lyrics, those, that, those, those images, you know, those ideologies, and really expecting, and, you know, combined with that deep-rooted hatred towards their own father, that many of them felt. I mean, just combining that, I'm surprised anybody's married. I mean, seriously, because I talk to these guys out here. You know, you hear women saying, well, you know, what are your standards? What are you looking for? But how many people actually ask men, hey, what are you looking for? Hey, what are you looking for in a wife? Like, what are what are some turnoffs? You know, what are some things with women that you see out here nowadays that really turn you off or make you say, mm, nah, I'm going to stay away from that? I don't want to, you know, I might, if anything, I might smash, but, you know, I'm not, I might not even want to touch that. I'm probably going to stay clear of that. That conversation, for whatever reason, is not being had. Not only is the conversation not being had, women, I'll ask them, like, yo, what do you think women, or what do you think men look for in a wife? They say, I don't know. I don't know, somebody who could cook or clean? I might cook or clean. I said, that's not even on the list. Who told you that? Yeah, like, I don't know. I'm like, what the heck? But I said, you want to you be a wife one day, right? Yeah. So you want to be a wife, but you don't know what men want in a wife? I don't know. I'm like, all right, all right you, know, you see what I'm saying? Like, you got to think about this stuff. And, and that's that's what's not happening. I mean, let's talk about it, Corey. If I asked you, I mean, you know, hey, look, what do you think is most important to men? What are they looking for in a wife? What would you say? Besides those three, the three things. Never mind. Courtney's like, I don't know. Go ahead, just say, just say, just one time. I don't know. You know what I mean? They, they want to hear you <laughs> say. Come on, Courtney. That would be the perfect radio soundbite. You know what I mean? After that, just I don't know. I don't no, know. keep it real. What, what would you say though? One hundred percent emotional availability. Uh, great, uh, great personality. Um, and a come high on, level stop of the crap, Courtney. Not, not that. Not that. Not the textbook stuff. We I all just know that. said not, that not I was going to say no. that. I just told you I was going to say, say that. what they really want. I mean, that's what stands out to me. Those things. What I'm, what I'm, I mean, that's what I'm saying. But what I mean, like, when you, well, like, okay, so emotional availability. Like, what does that even mean, though? Like, if I'm a single man looking for a wife, like, you know, the average guy isn't even going to use that terminology. That's a term that you use, that I use. People who listen mm-hmm. to the show use. But I'm saying, like, what does that look like in layman's that- terms, in an actual everyday life? What would a man say, you know, wow, she's emotionally available? What would that look like? Or what would it make a man say, hmm, dang, she's emotionally unavailable? Yeah, um, I think about being healed from your past, not having any men in the picture, because that's a big thing, because a lot of us, we're single, but it's still guys, stragglers, as you call them, hanging around. You know, it's a guy that calls us or, you know, someone that that's still hanging around. A woman that does not have that or the absence of that can point to being um, emotionally available. 
and just having um, the, her guard down, not having a guard up, you know, giving more than one-word answers, being able to have a conversation because she doesn't fear rejection. She doesn't really fear anything. She's confident. All right. That's a good one. I mean that's I mean now that's and that's what I was going for you you just touched on because we go I'm not gonna y'all not gonna have me out here all night man you know what I'm saying so we're gonna talk about a couple of these and then and then that's gonna be it they be like oh we're gonna use him they not gonna be my night he's gonna be my you know my source of entertainment I'm gonna listen to the day down towards and I'm gonna go get up you know go to bed and go to church now nah, now nah, we're not gonna listen to me all night <laughs> we're gonna wrap it up around eleven but no nah, you know what I, mean? I do want to come back live tonight but you touched on some very important things. The first being, going back to the whole successful, the single successful professional woman out here, let's look at, you know, let's look at it. What we see a lot of, you know, let's keep it real, you have these women who've gone to school, many of them in sororities, um, you know, things like that, professional organizations. There's a lot of networking that goes on, whether it's inner, inner fraternity, sorority type of stuff, Kappa's in the whoever, you know what I mean, alphas, AKs, sigma, zetas, Qs, deltas, like that whole thing. So a lot of these quote-unquote professionals, these successful people, they have this built-in network of, of people that they interact with on a daily basis, you know, which is fine. That's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But let's be real, as a member of Phi Beta Sigma myself, I know the game. You feel what I'm saying? I know how it goes. Like, I know everything. I've experienced everything. I, that's why I'm able to speak. Or like people try to tell me stuff, I'm like, "Who are you talking to?" I know, I know all about it. I wrote the game. You feel what I'm saying? And so what happens in these sororities? You're seeing a lot of sigmas hooking up with zetas. You're seeing a lot of deltas and qs. You're seeing a lot of kappas and whoever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Alphas and aka's. Like there's that that quote unquote brotherly sisterly thing. Yeah, there's a lot of sex that goes on. You feel what I'm saying? At these events, after these events. So that's all. That's the you know you know how many you figure we're all older now. Most of us are over 30, 35. We're in these alumni chapters, which is cool. But what ha- what you see a lot of is the the college chapters are now branching out to the alumni chapters. So you used to, the people you used to have sex with in college, now you've reconnected. Maybe you lost touch for several years, and now you've now joined an alumni chapter as an adult. You know, there's a lot of sex going on. There's a lot of wedding rings being taken off out here. You know, and I'm not, you know, I'm just keeping it real right now. And this is all organizations. There's a lot of adultery going on. There's a lot of creeping going on. There's a lot of, you know, single hookups. Everyone's not married. It doesn't have families. But either way, whether you're married and cheating on your wife, cheating on your husband at these quote-unquote regional conferences, these, you know, conclaves, boulets, all this other stuff, you know, there's a lot of sex going on. So these are things that absolutely need to be taken into consideration when it comes to why can't I find a man? Well, look what you're doing. You know, now let's take the sex out of it, right? Let's just take the sex out of it for a second. Let's just say you're not having sex. But, again, even in these organizations or outside of these organizations, there's a lot of what we call non-platonic male friends out here, right? Let's keep it real. And so what happens is you see... Um, these quote unquote friendships. Oh, let's hang out. Let's go to the movies. And, you know, they just that's just what it is. Oh no, I'm hanging out. Now, let, we all know what hanging out means. Come on, like again, don't beat me over the head with the foolishness. Like I know what hanging out means. Oh yeah. Now I was just chilling with my homie, 
chilling with my, that's just my buddy. He's like my brother. We're just hanging out on a Saturday night. You know, let's go, quote, unquote, get some drinks. Come on. We all know how that goes. You got, you know what I'm saying? And no one ever talks about what happened after the drinks, right? It's like, no, what what exactly did the hanging out consist of? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, no, we just chill. What you do this weekend? Oh, no, I just hung out with some friends. No, I mean, no, what friends? No, you hung out with a friend. You had sex with that friend. You know what I'm saying? You you chilled with him. And no one talks about that, and which is cool, but you got to keep it real with yourself. I'm cool. I'm not saying broadcast your business with all your homies, your friends, what you did with them, whatever. But don't get mad at God, right? Don't get mad at God for not blessing you with love when you know you've got these non-platonic male friends, when you know you're out here having sex, when you know you have these, these flirt buddies at your job, when you know you buy outfits specifically to show off your ass in that pen tight pencil skirt, because that guy that you like, you want him to be looking. You go over to his desk, ask to use his stapler. No, darn well, you got a, your own stapler. Oh, hey, do you mind if I use your hole puncher? Hole puncher for what? You don't even have anything to punch a hole in. You just want him to go over there. You want him to punch a hole in you. You feel what I'm saying? That's what this is all about. And those types of relationships, those situations, keep many, many, many professional women single. Y'all talking about standards. These men see that stuff. You you setting up dates with with dudes out here that you're interested in when you already have situations that are unresolved. And the crazy thing is, you want men to be. You talking about standards? Well, the funny thing is, watch this, Courtney. You you will hear more women when they're talking about standards, talking about what they want that man to bring to the table, relationship wise, or, or excuse me, professionally. Uh, educationally, financially, but they don't say anything really about how they want to be treated. You hear very little conversation about, you know, what they want, you know, from that man emotionally, how they want to be loved, because the reality is most women have never been loved. They just got a bunch of soul ties with a bunch of guys that they used to deal with. They used to be in relationships, but, they, they, you know, those situations were not love. Most women out there have never been loved, so there's a totally unrealistic expectation of what love will be. They, so they say, you know what, I really have no idea what love is, so I just want them to be at least, like you said earlier, Courtney, financially stable. You know, I used to date Tyrone, who was a user and an abuser and a manipulator, and he didn't even work, and so and he drained my bank account, so... This new guy, he's at least got to have a job. And so for many women, that's enough. That's the standard. It's He has to work. So as long as he works, he has to wear a suit to work or some variation of a suit. You know, it's, oh, man, he's Mr. Right. But then, and then they start looking at, well, how much does he make? You know, because then they start thinking about, well, dang. My father didn't provide for me as a child. We had to eat Cheerios for breakfast, I mean, excuse me, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I don't want to go back to that. So I need to make sure if things get tough, he'll be able to support me. And then that becomes the barometer for, you know, what kind of man they want. Not understanding that you can still be a great man and eat Cheerios for dinner. I'm about to go have me some Cheerios after this show. You feel what I'm saying? None of that stuff matters. You guys understand that? None of that stuff matters. You can be poor. You can be rich. You think of one of the happiest couples 
in the history of television was Florida Evans, Florida and James Evans. You see what I'm saying? You, they were very happy. They were very happy. They had no money. They had rent parties, all types of stuff, but they were happy. And James was a good man. But the, watch this, watch this. Everybody loves James. Everybody would say, oh, man, I wish I had a, a husband like, like James from, from Good Times. But watch this. Who, Courtney, out there do you know would date a man in, in that financial situation in today's society? Not many. I swear to you, Courtney, I will be posting either tonight or tomorrow at some point in the very, very near future. I will be posting a picture in the friends group of John Amos as James Evans and asking women, honestly, will you, would you date this man today? You feel what I'm saying? And that will be a very interesting debate. I guarantee you're going to see some fronting. We're going to see some lying. But, the, you know, lie. oh, yeah, sure I would. No, you wouldn't. You know what I mean? Some of y'all couldn't even get past that hairline. Y'all be like, oh, no, heck with that. I'm, I ain't dating that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, what kind of haircut did he got? I feel like, whoa, what the heck? No, but seriously, it's a lot of women that would have no parts of that. When, but yet, but yet, ask them from a different perspective. Oh, did you watch Good Times? What'd you think about James Evans on this? Show? Oh, yeah, he was a great father. He was a great dad. Oh man, he was a great husband. Oh, but would you date him? Oh, hell no. You know what I'm saying? Like what? What you mean? <laughs> what the heck? But watch this. But why, hold on, hold on, hold on. Watch this. Hold on, dude. This go. This gonna be crazy right here. I'm, then I'm going to sleep. Watch this. So nobody would date James Evans. Because of them plaid shirts and that hairline and the fact that he had no bread, right? But everybody and their mom would have wanted to date some uh, some Cliff Huxtable. Oh, they would have loved that jello. Boy, I tell you, they said, look, I would love to be with uh, Bill Cosby. He was the perfect father growing up. But now, but, but as, we, as we now see, Bill Cosby is a cheater. He's a liar. And and he was giving these women the, the quaaludes. Now, I'm not going to say he was raping women. I don't, I don't think he did anything criminal. You know what I mean? These women were hoes. These women were freaks. He was drugging them. They were, you know, having consensual sex, getting hot, getting smashed off. But at the end of the day, that's not the type of man you would want. But but he had money. He had good looks. He had some, some, some Coogee sweaters before the Coogee sweaters even came out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but he was getting he was drugging women and smashing them off. But so everybody, do y'all see a problem with that? And that you know everybody wanted Bill Cosby, but nobody wanted James Evans. But who was the good father? You see what I'm saying, guys? And so all I'm saying to wrap it up, when it comes to standards, it's fine to have standards. I have no problem with having standards. You should have standards. But make sure your standards are, one, realistic. Two, make sure you actually meet the standards for which you've set for these guys. Make sure you're actually at the top of the, the pedestal, you know what I mean? Like you're actually a quality woman, a great woman, because most women are not and think that they are. I just be looking like, yo, you know I wouldn't touch you with a 10-foot pole back even when I was single. You know what I mean? Women out there I passed over. I don't think people realize. Do you know how many women out here currently get passed over? And nobody, and I mean nobody, is talking about the real reasons why women are getting passed over. Some of the irony is that these women debating are the ones getting passed over. You ever date a guy for six years or however long, 
and then he goes and actually marries somebody, you know, a couple months later? Why do you think that is? It's not that he was afraid of commitment. Nah, these men all want commitments. All men want wives. They just didn't want you for wife. And if you have a question or you're not sure why you're getting passed over, call us. Call us, 855-55-DAY-DON. Call me directly. I will tell you. You know, we can work on that. We can mold you into being a quality woman. But don't blame these guys because most of them are losers. The irony is that you hear women blaming men who are losers I'm like, well, why? If he's a loser, why, you know, why are we even talking about him? Why don't we figure out what do the best men want? But the problem with it is, most women have lost hope and lost faith that those great men even exist. The faith in God—that's why you see an increase in uh, homosexual, you know, gay rights and supporting stuff, all that, all this crazy stuff that God hates, because people hate God. It started with them hating their fathers. But loving God and having faith in God, but you know, after so long, it's like, yo, God, I've been following you for for years, but I mean, at at thirty five, you know, forty years old, God, I mean, what point do I lose my faith in you too? And so that's what we're seeing now. That's the real reason, you know. I post stuff that I tell you guys all the time. I post stuff from a couple of years ago that got hundreds of of thumbs up, likes, and shares, and all that stuff. And you know, I don't care about that stuff. I'm just saying, I post the same exact thing. And, you know, it would be crickets. It's like, it's the same thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it came from the, the Facebook application, you know, on this day that shows you what you posted two, three years ago. I post the same thing to different people. And, you know, and a lot of that is because of the lack of faith um, over God, the, the, the uh, deterioration of the faith over years and years of, uh, of not being found. And so again, you've got to, and then so you can't really blame God if you know your faith is has dwindled. Don't don't blame God or don't don't blame these guys out here and accuse them of being afraid of commitment. No, nah, it's you know God is the only person that can bless you with love. And so what does the Bible say? Without faith, it's impossible to be blessed. I mean, it really says it's impossible to please Him, but you know if He's not pleased, then you ain't gonna be blessed. So it's you know it's all the same. Well, last thoughts, comments, words of wisdom, Courtney. Well, I was just thinking. I was thinking about just the um, unrealistic expectations uh, that we as Black women have for men, and you know how we were talking about just a lot of it coming from daddy issues and the father not being around. I just want to encourage the ladies out there to. Uh, definitely, excuse me, definitely do some self-reflection because a lot of times when we have those uh, quote-unquote standards, we have numbed ourselves to the pain to the point that we don't even realize that it's coming from daddy issues. So it's very important to not only self-reflect but just pray and ask God to reveal to you, you know, certain things that you may have blocked out Um so that you can address those things and so that, that you can move forward. Because I just think of myself, I didn't realize for the longest that I had daddy issues. I thought I was the best thing since sliced bread. Like, I thought I was, you what? know, the prize. I know. Let me finish this what? thought. Let me finish this thought. But <laughs> so I thought I was the best thing since sliced bread, like, because it was a way of protecting myself. It was a way of to protect myself from the pain and the hurt from my father not being around, so I made myself to be, you know, bigger than I was. And so that's why it's 
so important to self reflect so how you can move forward. That's all. Now, yeah, I just want. I just, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just wanted to ask you, like, like, why would you think that? Like, you said you thought you were the best. So I'm just trying to understand. Like, that's the no. Nah, I'm messing with you. Let me stop. No, but I can explain it if you want me to. No, I mean, if for those no. that are wondering, well, why did you no. do that? Nope, nope, no need. Don't even. Don't even. Okay. Just, let's just move on. You know, but but seriously, no, Courtney's right though, because a lot of women, that's where the self reflection comes in, because so many many women are have convinced themselves that they are the the best woman, they they are worthy of having the best man. You know, I had a young woman I used to deal with. She said she told me when she first met me, she said I want to be married by the time I'm 25. I'm like, oh, how old are you? She's like, well, I'm 24. I said, are you crazy? You know what I'm saying? Like, who? You don't tell people that. You know, you don't like Steve Harvey's got these women messed heads messed up. Got them thinking that they're, you know, they're these prizes, and and there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, th- having confidence in yourself. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but at least let that confidence be justified. You know, at least have it be based on something real, something biblical. Like you can't say I'm the best possible woman, but if that woman is 100% contradictory to Proverbs 31, you know what I'm saying? It's like how you're the best at what? It's women out here having sex with Trey Songs, you know, that are beautiful, that are successful. And I'll be honest with you, the woman I was speaking to was, you know, very beautiful, you know. But, this again, she had sex with Trey Songs. You know, at least that's what she said. I don't know if she was lying or said she's in his new video and everything. He, I don't know. Evidently, he has some type of new video out. I'm about to pull it up on YouTube to see if I see her. But she says, yeah, she said, yeah, go, you know, Google the, the, the Trey Songs video. I was there, you know, we, we was in it. I was like, okay. So, but yet let her tell it, you know, she'll be one of those same single successful women, you know what I'm saying, talking about why can't I find a man? And, you know, you just got to self-reflect and, and, you know, really be aware of what these men look for. In fact, you know, I don't, you know, a lot of people tuned in, a lot of people tuned into the archives. If you, if you got a chance, if you, you know, good, if you didn't go back to check out our special on, uh, what two weeks ago, two live shows ago on Cater to You Part Two: How to Satisfy Your Man or a Man in and Out of the Bedroom. Okay, and we were talking to wives. We were also talking to women, just you know, in relationships, just as far as how to cater. Most women are one hundred percent oblivious on what that even looks like. You know, what do men even need to be uh, satisfied? We spend a lot of time talking about uh, mental stimulation, uh, physical stimulation. Uh, emotional, spiritual stimulation, and a lot of women, they just, that's not even part of the conversation, part of the, the thought process, you know, and they, yet, yet they're so focused on standards. You've got to be on my level, real quick, evenly yoked, right? Let me just, if you know, we got a couple of minutes. I mean, that's one of those phrases that's just so commonly misused, especially in regards to this topic. You know, it's like, oh, I, I need someone who, who I'm evenly yoked with. They're talking about money. They're talking about finances. They're talking about the, the the department that they work in at work. I'm like that. I was like, yo, that that has nothing to do with with being evenly yoked. Being evenly yoked has everything to do with your level of spirituality, how you love Jesus Christ, how you incorporate that love into your everyday life. You know, if you love God and you're on a certain walk spiritually, then that person that you're dealing with, male or female, should be on that same path and at that same level. 
That's being evenly yoked with someone. There's women out there talking about something. If he doesn't have a, a doctorate and I have my doctorate, we we even unevenly yoked. I'm like, what are you, crazy? Like, I'll just be looking like, yo, what's wrong with you? And these are people in the church talking like this. I'll just be looking like, I got to go. So just focus on things that actually matter, ladies. Hopefully someone will listen to this show and be like, wow, I was tripping. I need to call Daydon because there's something wrong. I don't know. I'm 37, and I'm not. doesn't seem like after listening to this show, I'm on the right path. I'll get you right. The women I deal with are married now. The women I deal with are engaged. They're happy. They're posting testimonies. So if that's what y'all want, call us. You know, hit me up, 855-55-Daydon. But if nothing else, continue listening to the show. Continue to self-reflect and to and get out. Stop allowing the media to, to influence what you think you should have. All right, guys. So, again, thank you for listening. You know, Saturday Night Live, we don't do a lot of them, but when we do it, as you see, we keep it extra real. And um, that's it, man. I will see you all next time. Good night. Be so strong. Work on your personality.
Who are 